Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Diversity Council podcast. Our topic this month is mental health, and we're really excited to be covering this topic both on the forum and on the podcast because it's just we feel it's really important and a lot of people deal with mental health. And yeah, so Lexi's going to introduce our guest for this podcast. Yes, we have a very special guest this month. It is the school guidance counselor, Miss Thompson, and I'm going to hand it over to her to introduce herself. Hi, guys. My name is Miss Thompson. For those of you guys who don't know me, I am the school counselor at Davis and Day School. And yeah, I'm really excited to be on this podcast with you guys. Um, and hopefully you guys can learn a little bit more about mental health and a little bit more about me. And I can help you guys fill in the blanks with any questions or concerns that you have. Awesome. Okay, so our first question is, what does mental health mean to you? And how would you define it? Yeah, so mental health to me, it is defined um, by the social, emotional, um, and also physical well-being of yourself, right? And when we talk about that, we talk about like functional, healthy behaviors and patterns. Um, and I say social because when we talk about mental health, um, social skills are very important when it comes to mental health and to personal skills. Um, if you're anxious or you're depressed or like any other symptoms of like any type of mental illness, you know that there can be a very big social impact on you. Mm-hmm. And emotional, of course, feelings that are involved. Yeah, when we talk about your thoughts and um, your cognitive functions that can be, um, you know, that can be impacted by mental health. And also your physical being. We also, sometimes we leave the physical out because we think it doesn't have a lot to do with mental health, but it really does. Um, A lot of symptoms that are um, associated with mental health problems, um, they can be exhibited through physical symptoms such as like stomach pain and headaches and fatigue and things like that. So the social, emotional and physical well-being um, of health is like what combines to make mental health. Yeah, that's like, that's a great way to define it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess my next question for you is more personal. And it's how did you get involved into like the field of mental health? Oh, that's a very good question. <laughs> so actually, when I grew when I was growing up, I never wanted to be a therapist. It never just I was I wasn't like, Oh, yeah, I grow I'm, when I grow up, I'm going to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. I actually wanted to be a doctor, like a pediatrician. And I went to school, I went to college and um, yeah, I, my first semester of school, I had like all, you know, pre-med classes to, and I bombed. Oh, it was horrible. I completely failed, (laughs) but like, I failed like intro biology for pre-med. I didn't fail, but I got a D in my head. I was like, that's basically failing. It wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. And I saw my academic advisor and um, she was like, okay, this is not for you. Should we look into something else? And I was like, absolutely. (laughs) Because I cannot keep on making these grades. And I knew that I liked science. I had always been the type of person that if my friends had problems, I come, they come to me and I listen to them. Um, I've always just had like a very much non-judgmental attitude about myself. And my advisor saw that and she was like, let's get you in some type of social science. So I was like, cool, social science. And she's like, have you studied psychology before? And I was like, a little bit in high school. And then I got into psychology and I loved it. And then after that, I was just like, I held on to it. And then I was like, what can I do with psychology degree? And then I was like, be a counselor. And then I got my master's in professional counseling. And now I'm a therapist. That's all she wrote. 
<laughs> awesome i love that it's a great story yeah i always mm-hmm. think it's so funny when it's like there's something you're specifically like oh i'm not gonna go into this and then it ends up being exactly what you do yes yes life is all about learning and transition sometimes what you think is for you is really not for you yeah okay so yeah. our next question is um what would you say are some common misinterpretations about mental health oh my gosh i could sit and talk about it all day because there's so many <laughs> um think a lot of times the way that mental health is portrayed like on tv um of course like a lot of the information that we get is like through social media through television through anything like that and we think like as a therapist as a shrink you know we've been like Mm -hmm. coined with that term of like you're a shrink and you lay on this person's couch and um you tell them all your problems and then they tell you how to fix those problems um but therapy isn't like that at all um So you come in and I think a lot. So let me go back to the myth. The myth, I think the myth is that therapists have like this magic wand that they wave over your head and then boom, your problems are gone. Right. Mm -hmm. Or they're supposed to fix all your problems. But that's not what we're really there for. We are there to help you, like assist you in figuring out the best solution for your problems. It's like a teamwork project. Right. And then also we're the type of, we're the person that you go to when you have like all these jumbled up thoughts, we basically help you organize your thoughts and put them in compartments. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the biggest myth about therapists is like, we have a magic wand that can fix everything. And we're like, this say y'all be all. And like, we tell you what to do and then you do it. That's not it. And then also I think people think that therapists prescribe medication and then we do not. That's what a psychiatrist does. It's totally two totally different things. So yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of a follow-up with that, just kind of what you were saying, like in like media, like movies and TV shows, how can like as a viewer we be conscientious when there's mental health talked about in a show to, you know, not let that kind of affect your personal perspective? Like, do you feel like there's a way that when we're consuming that type of media, like something that we should be conscious of in that way? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say to do research. I think research is your best friend. And when I say research, I don't mean just like type in Google, put in depressed and click the first link that, you know, (laughs) to depression Um, there. If you want to know anything about like mental illness and things like that, there's this amazing organization. It's called NAMI. So it's the National um, Association Alliance for Mental Illness. And it's literally what all the therapists go to is the go-to reference resource for if you want to find anything out about like certain mental health illnesses or like about therapy or interventions or substance abuse or any of those types of things. So really just doing your research and not just believing everything that is, you know, put on the TV screen. Because a lot of times it's false and it's just used for a gimmick, you know, fictional. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's a good point. Um, I guess the next question would be is what is something that you wish like everyone knew about just like the broad topic of mental health? Mm, What I wish that everyone knew is that, um, when we talk about mental health, there's like a bat there's, there's a stigma on mental health, right? Mm -hmm. That if it's kind of like, if you're 
depressed or you're anxious or maybe you've been diagnosed with like bipolar disorder or like anything like that or an eating disorder it like that that it means that something is wrong with you right yeah. and that in the long run you're not going to be like this fun this great functioning person and that's mm -hmm. completely false it's just the one thing like we are all dealt like a hand of cards and you have one card that is unlike every a lot of other people's cards right? right it doesn't mean that you can't play with the cards it just means that you have to learn how to play with the cards that you're given like how to cope with the certain things that mm -hmm. you're coping with and you can still live a very healthy functional happy life with the mental illness and there are people out there who are doing it every single day mm -hmm. um so that's what I would say um I kind of this is kind of a little bit off topic but um mm -hmm. what would you say like to people who like maybe aren't fully like educated on the topic and who like throw around words like oh I'm depressed or she's bipolar and like who don't really understand what they're saying mm, yes I would say that to try to stay away from words like that um yeah. and even me as a therapist I really hate saying like oh you're depressed or putting a label on people because mm -hmm. when of course we you know when you put a label on somebody or put a label on something it makes it very real even though it's not real right Right. Um, so it all goes back to educating yourself, right? Just because you've been sad for two days, that doesn't mean you're depressed. Right. Like in order to be clinically depressed and clinically diagnosed with depression, you have to have like a whole series of symptoms for at least two weeks, like consistently all mm -hmm. day, every day. So just be very careful of like throwing words around that you really don't know the meaning to, or being like, oh, I like, I have anxiety. That is very true. Everybody has anxious thoughts, right? That's mm -hmm. just like natural. It's a very human function that we all have. But when we say like, I have anxiety, then you're labeling yourself to have anxiety, even though you don't have a formal diagnosis. And um, that can be very problematic. So don't, don't do that. You can say, instead of using yeah. the words depressed, you can replace it with something like, I'm sad. Right. Or like, instead yeah. of saying, <laughs> I have anxiety, you just say, I'm having anxious thoughts right now. Yeah. Or, you know, like, I don't know anything else like I have an eating disorder. It's just like I haven't um haven't eaten today because I forgot to bring my lunch. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah, just exactly. Make sure you're very cognizant of the words that you use all the time. Yeah, I agree completely. I think it's yeah. important that you know you don't throw around big words that like are triggering to other people and yeah. Because there are yeah. some people yeah. that who really might be clinically depressed, right? Yeah. And you're just saying I'm depressed because you made a bad grade on your test and you're upset <laughs> and that's totally okay. Um, and there might be a person sitting next to you who you don't know with mental health and mental illness. You don't know if somebody is dealing with something as opposed to if somebody has a broken arm or a broken leg or something physical, you can actually right. see it. Um, so you just have to be aware of that when you say things like that. Yeah. Cause I think that's become a big part like, with our generation too. That's just like something people throw around a lot. And I think it's mm -hmm. definitely always been a thing, but just like even in the hallways all the time, you just hear people say that. And I feel like it's not like anyone has bad intentions. It's just that it's become such like a cultural thing to just mm -hmm. like, throw that stuff around. Yeah. 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 For sure. I hear it all the time. So I totally know <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. So the next question would be, it's pretty broad, but what advice or general guidance would you give to someone who is struggling with their mental health or maybe listening to this and they're um, just like kind of that saying they're starting to be aware of with themselves? Um, yeah, I would say the worst thing that you could possibly do is suffer in silence. 
And when I say that, it's like, you know, you're going through something, you know, you're struggling and yet you're not asking for help and you're not trying to get support. And then we know the only way that you can get support is if you actually ask for help, you know, whether it's asking a parent. And if you're afraid to ask your parent, like asking a teacher, asking me as a school counselor, like asking an aunt, asking an uncle, like anybody who could possibly help you. Um, Because you're, everybody needs somebody to help them, right? Like I'm an adult and I still need people to help me in certain Mm -hmm. situations. I still need somebody to talk to. So just like suffering in silence is not the way to go. If you feel like something is wrong, you are your best like expert on yourself, right? You know, when something is not, when you're not feeling okay or something is not right, you know yourself best. And if you feel that way, then it's kind of time for you to go to the next step and be like, you know what? I actually need somebody to help me. And that's literally the strongest thing that you could possibly do. I think a lot of people have the misconception of like, oh, yeah, I'm strong. I can do this by myself. I don't want to be a burden on anybody else. I can handle it by myself. But the strongest thing that you could possibly do is to reach out to somebody else and say like, hey, I need some assistance with this because I really can't do it on my own. So, yeah. Yeah. And -hmm. I think there's also like such a bad or in some ways, like some people think there's like a bad rep around getting therapy. Mm -hmm. People can be kind of scared of it sometimes. So, yeah. It can be super intimidating, right? Like when we talked about like what's the myth around mental health and therapy, um, like also I think people think that like therapy is this very um, scary thing to do and this person knows all this stuff about you and then they can go tell somebody else. Like, you know, it's the thought of you sitting with somebody and possibly being judged. Um, But therapists are probably, they're supposed to be anyways, the most like non-judgmental people in the world I promise you so you don't need to take it as like oh they're going to judge me because I'm telling them I did this this and this and I feel that way we're literally there to help you through those feelings so that you can let go of shame and let go of guilt and like be happy and healthy so yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um so what would your guidance be to people who are like close or interact with someone who is struggling with their mental health or like what is something that everyone should be conscious of around like these people Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is that, um, of course, like to be a great friend, you have to like, you have to listen, you have to support, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to help, like all those other, all those things. Um, But if your friend is struggling with mental illness, it is okay to listen to them and support them and love on them and be there for them. But I think it's also important to know that, their mental illness is not your responsibility, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be super, super hard where it's like, okay, yeah, I want to help this person. I want to fix all these problems that they have. But sometimes it's out of your expertise, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody <laughs> comes to me and like, I'm horrible at math, I don't know how to do calculus at all. And they come to me <laughs> with calculus co- homework, like, I can't help you. I don't even know what I'm doing, right? But I can point you into the direction of where you need to go. Like, have you talked to this teacher about it? Like, same way with mental illness. If you're talking to me about it, like, I can support you. I can listen to you. But also redirect you to somebody who could possibly help you better than I can, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
that kind of leads into our next question and what we were just talking about. Um, but finally, what resources would you like to make our community aware of that are available to them? And if they're kind of ready to take that next step, you know, where should they go? Mm-hmm. So there is this amazing page. It's called um, psychology.com. And anybody can use it. It's basically like a Google search engine um, for like therapy. It's crazy. So there's like a bar up top and you type in whatever you want. Like I could type in therapist for, I don't know, um, depression, right? So I type Mm -hmm. in therapist for depression and then it asks me like, what is your zip code? You know, what city do you live in? And then all the therapists that are for that work with clients of depression, they're going to pop up, right? Mm-hmm. And then I can filter it even more. So maybe I say, okay, I am a woman. So I want my therapist to also be a woman. And then I click that button and it filters through. And it's like, okay, I want a, I want a woman, but I kind of want her to be like a younger woman. Like I don't want mm-hmm. her to be more than 40 years old, right? I click that yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And then all these things pop up and it literally tells you like, these are the people that you could possibly go to. It not only does that for therapists, but it also does that for peer groups right so maybe you're at a point where it's kind of like okay I don't know if I really want therapy it's a little bit intimidating for me but I do think I want to be in like some type of peer group where I can talk to other people who are like-minded like me who are struggling Mm -hmm. with the same things like me who are like from the same type of environment background like me right Mm -hmm. and then you literally type that in the search engine too and it pops up all these types of things like everything in your area and the peer groups that could possibly support you. So that is an amazing resource. And it's literally like a one-stop shop. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then if we have any students listening to this, what, um, what directions would you give them if they are wanting to come talk to you? Yeah, for sure. So if you are in upper school, um, I would say, and you don't want your teachers to know, I totally get that. You can always send me an email directly and just say, hey, can I meet with you at a specific time or can I come during lunch or advisory or whatever the case might be? And then you can come see me. And if you're late for class, I'll always like give you a pass or I'll email a teacher and be like, excuse them. They were with me. If it's something where it's like, I don't care if my teacher knows, just always ask your teacher to come. And then like you just get sent down to me. I'm literally on the first floor right across from the printer on the first floor you've ever been down there like in the hallway across mm-hmm. from the stem room right right as soon as you walk in so yeah it's very easy I promise it's not intimidating I have candy and <laughs> snacks in there um <laughs> to lure you in if you need to talk to me um and you can talk to me about um honestly truly I don't report any this is also full disclosure I don't tell your parents anything that happens like when you come and talk to me, only reason why I would contact your parents is if I feel like you are going to harm yourself or you're going to harm somebody else. Right. So Mm -hmm. basically just to keep you safe, if you come to me and like you're crying because your boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with you and you're just like really sad or you made an F on a test, like I'm not going to call your parents and be like, Hey, Cameron (laughs) told me today that like, no, yeah, (laughs) just to, just to let you guys know that I don't tell the teachers either. If your teachers are like, is Cameron okay? I'm sorry. I keep using your name, but like, is Cameron okay? I'll be like, yep, she's doing good. Cameron might be a hot mess today, but I'll just be like, yep, she's fine. She's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. I think that's good for our students to know because I, 
I feel like there is kind of a stigma of like, oh, you're going to talk to like, like guidance counselor or whatever. But, um, you know, that we it is a safe community and that it's not like she's going to go around like telling everyone your business and stuff. So I'm glad that we're like talking about that, too. So everyone knows that they can come to you about anything and it's a safe space. Mm-hmm. Definitely the secret keeper over here. I'm like a personal diary. <laughs> Maybe if you just want to come bitch, it doesn't even have to be like anything. Um you know, very serious, even if it's just like, I just want to tell everybody, tell somebody like how good my day was. And I just need a little pat on the back. I'm there for that too. Yeah. Awesome. Therapy isn't just for sadness. Therapy keeps people happy. So even happy people go to therapy. So just keep that in mind. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much for like coming today and talking with us. Cause um, I think this is going to help a lot of people. And just to also know that you're there as a resource. Like, I think this is going to be really great. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, I appreciate thank you it. So much. All, All right. right. So thank you listeners for tuning into this episode. Remember to check out our Instagram to keep up with the Diversity Council. And I hope you all have a great day. Bye. Bye.